This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Kick off your future with the law firm of Kondorian Murad, the official Grant and Danny show sponsor. They'll help protect your assets, update your will and trust, schedule a free estate planning strategy with one of their Fairfax-based attorneys. You can visit kmlawyers.com. Mention the show to get a discount, kmlawyers.com. Our continuing coverage of the big game on 106.7 The Fan, presented by Solo Stove. Feel the heat of the world's most popular smokeless fire pit, solostove.com. Fired up to have Michael Lombardi with us in person out here at Mandalay Bay Convention Center at Radio Row. Always love having him on the show. It's always a treat. Michael, good to talk to you again. How are you? It's good to talk to you guys, too. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, Let's start with your reaction to where we're at now in Operation Phil job openings for the commanders. Peters at GM seemed like the easy, obvious choice. They'd land him. That's who they wanted. Head coaching search was circuitous. What do we think? Well, I, I think the word that comes to mind is collaboration. I think that's what – and I think that Josh Harris, as the owner of the team, wanted to set up an organization that the general manager, president, however you want to call it, the king of all football operations, was going to be the man who runs the team and the, and the coach is going to coach the team. For me, for me, Grant, it's a little bit different. We're here in the Super Bowl, both these two teams – both have connection to the great Bill Walsh and Walsh's playbook in terms of the plays he runs, the West Coast offense, but also the organizational structure that he built when he was with the 49ers in 79, where the head coach is in charge, the general manager works for the head coach, and things go that way. And Josh, coming from where he's been with the 76ers and being a diehard 76er fan that I am, I understand that, you know, that that's what he wanted. So Adam Peters is the key component here uh, for the for the Washington football team. And Dan Quinn will work for Adam and they'll draft players and Quinn will have to develop those players and fit them into the scheme with Kingsbury and move forward. Michael, it's a, it was a weird cycle, I feel like. A lot more defensive minds than, than maybe we were used to with the, with the young, hot offensive coordinator being the trend. And... Vrabel and Belichick left outside looking in. What did you make of this whole cycle? Well, I think they're intimidating, right? I mean, look, let's be clear. I mean, you know, you know, 
Mike Vrabel's a really good football guy. He's got convictions. And if you believe in collaboration, the idea of collaboration stems from this. We're going to get a lot of smart people in the room to make a lot of to make smart decisions. And on paper, that looks really good. The problem is in most industries, including business, including football, not everybody's equally informed or knowledgeable on the subject matter. So you have a lot of uh, opinions. The Wisdom of the Crowd is a book that was written a long time ago that suggests this is the way to go. Collaboration works. Well, when you work in the NFL, it's hard to have collaboration without having somebody in charge who oversees the players, who stands in front of the players, because it's challenging. Because here's what, let me give an example. You draft, Adam Peters drafts a guy in the third round. He's a defensive back. And the defensive back coach doesn't really like that player. Didn't really like him in the draft. Didn't really scout him. Didn't really like him. Okay, Quinn's like, we got to make this guy a player. Well, all right, now he's not as good as we think he is. But Peters thinks he is really good. And Peters thinks he's not getting coached well enough. So there was the rub. Whereas, let's do it the other way. Kyle Shanahan drafts the guy. John Lynch works for him. They draft the guy. He tells the defensive back coach, this is who we want to develop. Okay, we get that going. And now if he's not good enough, we're getting rid of him. But if he is good enough, we're going to keep developing him. You see the snag here? So it's, it's that constant civil war that has always been prevalent. And if you read the book, A Thinking Man's Guide to Pro Football, to professional football by Paul Zimmerman back in 1975. He has an opening chapter is on coaching. And in that opening chapter, he talks about this exact situation. And it's, he talks about it through Walsh's words. Bill said to him, look, here's what happens in the NFL today, 75. The general manager and the president sit next to the owner. The owner doesn't know enough about the sport, so he listens to these two people. They get paid a hefty salary for what they do, I don't know. And then they hire a coach, and the coach is brought in to develop the players that these guys drafted. And if the coach doesn't win with these players, they get rid of the coach, and they find another coach to come in three more years later, and the cycle repeats. And that's what Walsh did. And so that's why Walsh, when he went to the 49ers, he hired John John McVay. He built the organization in his mind. And that's the background that I'm from, and that's what works in the NFL because we're sitting here at this game. We're sitting here. And those two teams run that system. Former GM in the NFL, DraftKings' Michael Lombardi with us on Grant and Danny. Before we dive into Dan Quinn, who you know a little bit, you worked with and are very close with Bill Belichick. Mm -hmm. What happened in this cycle, do you think, that not only was he frozen out? Look, I wouldn't have hired him. I've said this, right? And and my my opinion is this, and and you feel free to tell me I'm crazy. I'm hiring offensive coaches. I wouldn't hire Dan Quinn either. Having said that, this guy's the greatest coach of all time, and no one would call him. Yeah. Like I know it's hypocritical because I'm saying I wouldn't have hired him, but I do think everyone should have. Well, ta- why wouldn't you pick his brain? Him? Why wouldn't you brought him exactly. in? Exactly. I can't believe exactly. everything. Well, I, did. I think I disagree with you on offensive coaches because they're never really tough enough. Andy Reid's an offensive coach; he's tough. Mike Koshan is an offensive coach; he's tough. Some of these guys, the Matt Nagy, some of these guys are just not tough enough, and their teams aren't tough enough. But why do the offensive coaches win so much more than the defensive coaches? I don't know if that's actually true. Well, since 2014, if you look at the guys that have been hired. Ten conference championships in a well, Super Bowl for offense. Well, but one I mean, and Belichick's zero for defense. Won, one's Belichick's won so many Super no, Bowls. No, of since 2014, so the last decades worth of hirings. Yeah, Ten I, conference I'm titles in sure. a Super I, Bowl for offense. For one me, and zero for defense. For me, a defensive coach sets the temperament for the team. One of the things I think Campbell gives the Lions is a tough temperament, right? And usually defensive coaches do that. Now, most of the people think defensive coaches stagnate the growth of the offense because all they want to do is run the ball twice and punt. 
which I don't think is true. I think that's an old school philosophy. <laughs> I think Belichick got frozen out because how do you build a collaborative organization when someone knows more than who you're trying to build a collaborative in? Okay, so, for example, in Atlanta, Terry Fontenot, they've won 21 games in the last three years, right? They put out a press release they weren't interested in Lamar, Lamar Jackson. You know, and so it was all Arthur Smith's fault why they lost. It wasn't Fontenot's fault, even though Fontenot was the guy that drafted Bijan Robinson when they already had Tyler Algio there. They could have used Jamal Carter in the defensive front. But, again, we're back to that Walsh quote, right? It's He sits with the president. He sits with the owner. And so I think, to me, there's intimidation with that. Who's going to interview Belichick? Like, who would interview Belichick in Washington? And who would be able to judge him that he actually knows what he's talking about? Like, who's giving him the passing grade? That's going to be really hard to do. Well, to that point, the reports are that at the end of the process, so after the Ben Johnson thing goes sideways, when they find out McDonald's going to Seattle, before they tell Dan Quinn it's your job, supposedly they reach out to Belichick. I don't know why then or what that does. but supposedly why they did it. You do this every day for a living. It allows them to say we did. It allows them to say to the people that live in McLean, that live in, in, in all the neighboring cities, that we tried, you know, and this is the best guy for us. It's a PR move. If you were genuinely serious about talking to them and learning football, you get on an airplane, you sit in front of them, you get on a whiteboard, you say, okay, tell me what you think. Let's go. Let's do it. Okay, what do you believe, what's your philosophy on player personnel? What's your philosophy on player development? How do you want to handle the equipment room? How do you want to handle the training room? What are you doing with fat players? What are you doing with rehab players? doing all this like what's your plan for all this let's go through it that's how you learn i think Kraft made a great point that i don't think people really picked up on is when Kraft said at the farewell press conference for belichick i made a lot of mistakes as a first-time owner and i didn't know what i didn't know and i think a lot of these owners do i think we see it in carolina making sure. a lot of mistakes you know arthur 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 blank still still makes the same mistakes since since, since 2003 he's relied on rich mckay as his consigliere now, they can say he's going to put Rich McKay in another building, but when you've relied on somebody as your consigliere, I mean, they moved Tom Hagen out, and he still listened to what Tom had to say. So don't tell me you're moving him out. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. What um, it's it's a it's a great point. Do you think Belichick would have been willing to just coach because his results as an executive are not good? Well, they won six Super Bowls, so no, I don't no, know recently. how the players showed up there over I, over a lot I of think, years. I think they've missed. On, I think the quarterbacking position has been. They thought Mac Jones was better. I think that was a collaborative effort too. Now, just okay. so we understand that, yeah. There was a lot of collaboration in that, and I was a big Mac Jones fan too. I wasn't in the building. I'm but not I convinced was. he's as terrible as he looks right now. By the way, he's not good. No, nah, I think he, I think he played really poorly. He but did. Let's go, let's go back to it. Let's go back to it. I, I I think this Belichick has no problem with listening to somebody who knows what they're talking about. Here's the issue. Here's the rub. You say just coach the team, okay? If you're the head coach of the team, you want players in your offseason program. You're in the Atlanta Falcons. They have no off-season workout bonuses in their contract. So is this being power-hungry to say, I want off-season bonuses in their contract? I want players to be in the building. I want to reward players. Is this being too power-hungry to say, 
why are we paying players and not have roster bonuses per game? Like, is that being too power-hungry? I don't think so. So when we start talking about power and executive, all these things fall under the umbrella. One thing I do know, having been in that building, uh, uh, there's a lot of people's – we all make mistakes in the draft, right? I mean, you just hired Adam Peters. Go through his 0-2 draft. If it's not for if it's not for Purdy, there's no draft. Go through it, right? We all make mistakes. This doesn't make Adam a bad GM. It's just reality, right? It's what we all do. We all make mistakes. And so I think to me, you know, it's about how does the team play? Everybody gets caught up, well, you missed on that third-round pick. Okay, in 2014, we, we missed on easily. We drafted Garoppolo in the second round. We got Malcolm Butler as a college free agent. He's worth a second-round pick, but nobody counts that. Michael Lombardi with us here on Grant and Danny. You mentioned Peters. That, to me, is the most exciting hire this offseason, uh, Michael, for, for this organization. A, they haven't had a GM since I was a kid, basically. Now they've got one, a guy with a great pedigree. And, you know, you, you referenced him. What are they getting in Peters? And how might he have grown over the years to, to kind of grow into this responsibility? Well, I, I, I can't answer that. I don't know Adam. You know, I know this. Quinn runs the similar defensive approach that Adam was with in San Francisco. So I think that's going to help Adam understand what he wants. And, and, and Adam, that 49er program is built on defensive linemen, right? It's all built on the fact that we've got to pay defensive linemen. We've got to build a defensive line, which has been a nice start, which is interesting because, you know, they traded Young and they traded Sweat. When would, would Peters have paid Sweat? You know, a lot of people think that, you know, Sweat had three or four teams that were competing for him. I was on Chicago radio because I thought that was a great deal for, for Washington to get a high second-round pick at an economic value to rebuild your team, whereas, you know, Chicago paid a hell of a price contractually, which they had to get to the minimum contract base anyway. And then give it when you give up a second-round pick, a four-year contract at economic value, that's a lot. If you were hiring a head coach in this cycle, who would you have hired? Well, I, I mean, I would have hired Belichick. But well, I, I should Bel- say Belichick notwithstanding. I would have hired Rabel. Why didn't he get any looks? Because it's the same reason why Belichick yeah. didn't get it. Who's interviewing him to judge him? Like, Rabel is exactly what you want. He's going to build a program. See, I think this is what you're missing in Washington. You've got to build a program. The general manager can't build the program. The head coach has to build a program. That, that's a very hard thing to do. I live, and I say this not in any, I don't take this as I'm jealous of Adam Peters. or I. No, I live this, my life with Al Davis. And I can honestly say this to you. Al Davis knows more football than Adam Peters could ever possibly know. And he couldn't do it because the players felt they worked for the owner and not that. And the development of players, because the owner controlled the roster and he controlled everything, became very difficult because there was no player development. Because we had players on scholarship that were there that sucked that Al wanted the coaches to coach. Okay, (laughs) so there's that whole rub that I was giving you. I've watched this. I've lived this. Now, obviously, with the 76ers, it's been a different thing. Josh likes this pro- profile. And he's and he has every right to run it that way. For me, my opinion is, and I'm not judging it, I'm going to watch it, I'm going to learn from it, is I think it's very challenging. Michael, Super Bowl real quick here. What are we seeing? What's actually happening as Pat Mahomes has started this career arc? We take it for granted they're in the conference title game because every year he's been in the conference title game since he's been the starter. Yet another Super Bowl appearance with a chance – to win another one here this early, like what quantify for us what we're seeing right now? What we're seeing is a head coach that decided after Christmas Day, when he went home to eat his traducta and said, we can't play like this anymore. 
And so I got to stop doing what I'm doing. I got to change. I got to strategize a way to win the game. And so what's my strength? My strength is defense. What's my other strength? I got to run the ball a little bit more. Nobody wants, I mean, Biennemi brags about how many passes he called this year. You heard him say, Andy would have been proud of me for how many passes I called. And nobody hates calling runs more than Andy, except Andy hates losing more than run calling runs. Andy changed his whole dynamic. This team's a completely different team. It's ball control. It's old school West Coast. More short passes, get the ball out, protect the offensive line. Can't really run. He changed the whole game. And Mahomes being the selfless, great player that he is, he changed his game. He's no longer looking for 400-yard passing days. He knows they've got to manage the clock. He knows they've got to start fast. So for me, I think it's one of the great things. One of the things Brady was able to do in New England was win Super Bowls with different styles. The first Super Bowl, they throw for 143, they run for 142, right? The last Super Bowl, they score 13 points, they only give up three. Like, they've won a thousand different ways, and I think that's a tribute to this organization of the Chiefs being adaptable. This is where the biggest problem is in the NFL, is you've got to have a head coach as a strategist. You got to have a head coach who understands who his team is and then plays a certain way and is able to walk into the room and say to Cliff Kingsbury or to whoever the defense coordinator, here's how we got to play based on the personnel. Michael Lombardi of DraftKings. Last one I've got for you. Cliff Kingsbury, OC. They're, they're entrusting the number two overall pick to him, whoever that is going to be a quarterback. What do you think of that hire? Well, I, I think I like Cliff a lot. You know, I've known Cliff a long, long time. I think sometimes we judge people as a we judge people as a what they were as head coach and i think cliff's really a good offensive coach and i think cliff's going to be really good for whomever they decide to draft him but remember adam peter's going to make the pick at quarterback yeah he's got to and he's got to get it right i mean this is the whole deal now this offseason michael we appreciate you I know you'll be busy this week thank you for Anytime, the time guys thank you thank you buddy. michael lombardi joining us brian jones who covers the college game you see him on cbs he'll discuss that number two pick in the quarterback class with us next on grant and danny here on the fan Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 